0: Hi, everybody. Happy New Year. I'm so happy to be back with you. It's January. Welcome to the Study, Apply, Thrive podcast. My name is Vita Cash, and I am the co pastor and director of women's ministry at Fellow Church. This podcast is designed to help you study and apply the word of God so that you can thrive in every area of life. So if you're at a place where you can take notes, I want you to pull out your journal or your electronic device and take really good notes. If you're driving, take great mental notes and then also make the commitment to go back and listen later. I promise you the word will bless your life. Let's get right into it. It is January, and it's always such a fun time in January because we usually are very reflective on what we believe God wants us to do for the next. 12 months or the next 365 days. And we're a little into January, so we're not quite at 365. Um, But I'm always amazed at how focused women become at the beginning of the year. And we're usually looking for some deep revelation of what God wants us to do. Does God want us to start a new business or does God want us to stop doing a particular business or get married or have children or lose weight or focus on our health or, you know, all these different goals that God wants us to have. So back in December, right after Christmas, I was asking God, okay, God, what do you want me to share with the women of God? And what do you have for me personally? What is it that you want me to be doing next year? And I didn't hear anything right away. And I said, okay, well, I know God heard me. So what is he waiting for to, <laughs> to say to me? I didn't hear anything for a couple of days. And then I finally heard something from God that, was novel to me. And it might not be novel to you. And if it's not novel to you, that's fine. Just pretend like it is. And God said to me, I want you to practice being the real you. And I was kind of taken back by that because I consider myself being the real me. And I I think that I'm pretty authentic. I think that I'm authentic with other people, with the people that are in my close circle. I'm very transparent. I'm not um, secretive or private. If you're in my inner circle, I probably share a little bit too much. So I didn't really grasp what God was saying. So I said, okay, God, I'm going to need you to have Holy Spirit explain to me What you mean when you say be yourself, because I think I'm being myself. I wake up every day as myself. I go to bed every day as myself. And so, God, just explain to me what you are saying because I'm not grasping the wisdom that you're trying to give to me. And then, God, show me something that I believe is really. Um, important for all of us to grasp. And we're sharing this in January, but you could get this word in June or in July or in September, and it would be just as applicable. And what God showed me is that being yourself does not come automatic. The person that you wake up as in the morning is not necessarily the you that God created you to be. And I know that we think that that's authenticity and that's transparency. You know, whoever I wake up as, I'm I'm just keeping it real and I'm just doing me and I'm just, but the you that you are really depends on how you went to bed the night before. It depends on the environment that you're in. It depends on the influences that you have in your life. It is depending on a lot of things and all of those things don't necessarily add up to the real you that God called you to be. And so when God was sharing with me for us to focus on being the real you and just focus on becoming. And you might add some other goals to your list, but I want the top goal on your list this year is to be becoming who God really intended you to be. And God was showing me that being the real you is not automatic. Being the real you actually takes a lot of work and a lot of effort and I'm going to walk you through the word on today to show you that and prove that to you in scripture. And I know you might be thinking, well, I'm the real me. No, you're not the real you. You are a product of the environment that you've been in the longest or the or the most recent environment you've been in. And for some of you, you still may be the real you. You may have been able to withstand all of the influences that you're Environment has been throwing at you. But for others, and I'm going to include myself in the other category, you can become a product of your environment. And that's not always a bad thing. You can be around great people who are doing great things and are, you know, changing the world and impacting the community and making money and being philanthropists and donating to others. Don't take it as always being a negative thing. But if you're doing a lot of good things, but they aren't the God-breed things that God has for you, it's it's just as good as you doing nothing because God is going to judge you on what he asked you to do, not on what you decided to do. That was a good thing. Let me give you an example. If I ask one of my children to unload the dishwasher and I come downstairs and the floor is swept and is swept perfectly and the counter is wiped off and they use, uh, antibacterial wipes to get all the germs off and the dog has been walked and the pillows on the sofa are fluffed up and the windows are clean and the curtains are drawn just so and everything else is done yeah i appreciate those things and i'm glad you did those things but you didn't do the thing that i asked you to do And the reason that I wanted the dishwasher taken care of is because I don't like to cook in a kitchen that the dishes are not clean. I don't, I I just can't do that. I can't cook in a kitchen where the dishes, the sink is full of dishes, the stuff is all over the counter. I have to have a clean kitchen before I cook. And so the reason that I gave you an assignment is because I wanted to then come in and do something that would bless your life by feeding you. But now because you did something else, you're stopping me from being able to do what I need to do in your life because you... decided to do something that I did not ask you to do. And so there are things that God has assigned to your life. There are things that God wants you to do. There are things that God wants you to be. There's a certain woman that God wants you to be. And when we go off doing other things, we don't understand that sometimes we're holding up the hand of God in our lives because we're busy doing what other people think is a good idea for us or what we've seen somebody else do or something that we've seen on social media or something that we've seen in a movie and we say, oh, that's a really heroic thing or that's a really noble thing. Those might be noble and heroic things, but there's not the right thing. And every time God asks us to do something, every time God asks us to become something, he's doing it for a reason. And that reason is always to increase us, is always to bless us, is always to take us to a new place in him. And so anytime you walk past a sink of dirty dishes, I want you to remember this idea that God can't come in and cook for me if the kitchen isn't prepared. God can't come in and move in my life if the kitchen isn't prepared. Or if you think about the garage, if your garage is filthy, God can't send me a new car for this garage if the garage isn't cleaned out. And I'm not hating on you if you have a messy garage. I'm just using that as an example that everything that God asks us to do is because he's preparing a way for something more. He wants to do something more in our lives. And so you have to be willing to be committed to becoming everything that God wants you to be. And again, being the real you is not gonna always be an easy task because sometimes it means you have to stand up against all of the influences that are happening around you. Some of those influences will be good and some of those influences will be bad. But either way, if it's not what God told you to do, then guess what? You have to be willing to stand up and do what God is telling you to do. You have to do it. Um, And doing that is going to take some work. It's going to take you being determined uh, to go to bed earlier, to get up earlier, to do a, a journal, to write in a planner, to do a to-do list, to do your makeup, to do your hair, to put on some spanks, to stop eating too much sugar, to stop eating too much bread, to eat more vegetables, to cut back on this. Yes, it's going to take some work or possibly I shouldn't have to do all that because that's not the real you. That's not the real me. I'm saying that it might possibly be the real you and all the other stuff that you're doing might be a product of your environment and not necessarily the product of what God would have you do. He wants you looking like a representation of Him. He wants you looking like a reflection of His glory. He wants you looking like a reflection of His prosperity. He wants you sounding like a reflection of His wisdom. He wants you to be an expert at whatever He's called you to do. And so that means you're gonna have to spend some time studying. You're gonna have to spend some time exercising so that you can look like you're healthy and so that you can be healthy. You're gonna have to spend some time going to bed early so that you can wake. Up being refreshing, you're not cranky, and you can get on the six o'clock a.m. prayer call. And you guess what? Whatever you up watching, you can DVR it. You can look at it on demand. You have Hulu. You have all these other ways you can do it. Those things are trying to rob you from becoming the real you, and so it's going to take some. Effort, some purposeful effort for you to become the woman of God that He wants you to be. To be. And so, this year, as you're making your goals, I want you to make a million dollars. I know that's on your your to-do list, on your vision board, on your goal list. I want to make you know ten times more money than what I made. That's great. Go for it. If you make ten times more, that means you can give ten times more. Hallelujah. That's great. I want to have better relationships. That's awesome. But you can't have a better relationship if you don't have a better you. I want to have a cleaner house. Well, a product of being the real you is a woman who keeps a clean house. That's a product of being the real you. All the things that you really say you want, the increased prosperity, the uh, promotion on your job, the expansion of your entrepreneur um, entrepreneur spirit and your your business growing, the deeper, better relationships, the um, being more effective at what God has called you to do as far as your craft, your expertise, All of those things have a common thread and a common denominator is that in order to achieve all of those things, you have to become the best version of you that you can possibly become. And so sometimes we work on all these other things without realizing, without working on ourselves, we will not become all that God wants us to be. You want to be a better mom? Become a better you. You want to be a better wife? Become a better you. Stop praying about your husband and start Asking God, God, how can I be a better communicator? God, how can I control my emotions? God, how can I stop being selfish? God, how can I do that? Everything in the world is not somebody else's fault. Everything in your world that is, a lot of times it begins with us having the right perspective and us working on us being the best us. When you get up tomorrow and go to wherever you're going, or if you haven't left the house yet and you're going to wherever you're going today, I want you to leave out the house flawless. I want every hair and. If you wear makeup, I want your makeup flawless. If you don't wear makeup, I want your skin moisturized and uh, exfoliated. I want your nails shapely. I want your clothes fitting well. I want your attitude, right? I want you to be dressed in the fruit of the spirit. I want you to have prayed in the presence of God. So you're endowed with his wisdom and his presence. I want you to have charged the angels to go before you. And that's all a part of you being the best you because you're ready to go into your office and change the atmosphere. You're ready to go into your business and sign that new contract and get a new deal or a new uh, uh, when a new project or a new proposal, I want you going into on, on a date with your uh, husband or your fiance, your boyfriend, and I want him to leave that date saying, oh my goodness, she! I've never seen her look more beautiful. And the conversation was the best conversation we've ever had. I want you to make a commitment to put in the work to be the very best you. So now we're just going to take a couple minutes and by a couple minutes, I mean a lot of minutes, y'all know that, I mean probably about 20 minutes to go through some ways that you can become the best you, that you will become the real you, that when you look at yourself at the end of this year, you'll say, oh my goodness, I am, I have become the real woman that God wants me to be. And it doesn't mean that you have arrived, you haven't arrived anywhere, but it will mean that now you're equipped to receive the more that God has for you, that you've done all the chores that God has asked you to do, that will make the way easy for him to come in and bless your finances and bless your marriage and bless your children and bless your memory so that you no longer have a vivid memory of all the things that people have done wrong to you. He'll come in and bless your heart and take out the stony ground and replace it with a fleshy, tender heart. He'll come in and do all that stuff because you have done everything that he's required of you to prepare the way for him to move in your life. Sometimes we're holding up God for moving in our lives because we want to hold on to who we think we need to be. But today we're going to get free from that. Okay, open your Bibles to Luke chapter two, Luke chapter two. We're going to jump around. We're going to read probably about four or maybe five scriptures Um, It's going to be worth your time. And you are a student of the word um, because the real you requires you to be a student of the word. You cannot become the real you without knowing the word of God, because you get your reflection and the image of who you should be from the word of God. You can't get it from anywhere else. You cannot get it from imitating other women. You can't get it from imitating me because I'm doing what God told me to do. I'm doing, I'm living how God told me to live. I'm dressing how God told me to dress. I'm grooming how God told me to groom. I'm speaking how God told me to speak. And you can draw influence from someone like me, but you can't necessarily imitate me for an extended period of time, because at some point you have to get into the word and see what God is saying to you. And it might compliment, but it won't be a duplicate because God needs a, a you. He doesn't need another me. He doesn't need another whoever your favorite celebrity is. He needs you. And not only does he need you, there are other people in the world who are waiting for you to show up up, waiting for you to show up as the real you. Okay, let's look at this. Luke chapter two, verse 52. And, we, and we're we about to talk about Jesus. And before we read this verse, and it's probably familiar to many of you, I want you to remember that Jesus was born, um, a miraculous birth. He was born to the Virgin Mary and his the whole, you guys know, we just came out of the Christmas season, out of the Advent season. You know all about Jesus' birth story. But you would think that if Jesus, the uh, John 1 and 1 says that in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God and the word was God. And then if you drop down to verse 14 or 13, it says that the word became flesh and dwelt among us. That's talking about Jesus. So the purpose that God sends Jesus here is to redeem us from sin, to seek and to save us, to untie the works of the devil, to give us life and life more abundantly. So there was no question in Jesus's mind what he was called to do. There was no question at all. He knew from the moment that he got on the earth what he was called all to do. He knew what his assignment was. He knew that he was God in the flesh. He knew that he was the son of God. He knew that he was part of the Trinity. He knew that his assignment was the seeking to save. He knew all of those things. So here's the first um, thing that we, women get caught up on. Again, I mentioned it a couple minutes ago that the real me is whoever I wake up being or whatever seems natural to me, whatever comes natural to me. Well, you were born into sin and iniquity. And so sin and iniquity is what's going to always come natural to you. And I use food analogies all the time because I like to eat. I'm a foodie. I like to cook. I like to be around food. I love going to five-star hotels and five-star restaurants. And so food is like <laughs> inspiration for me. I don't know if that's good or bad. I'll pray until y'all next week when I do another broadcast. But um, why was I bringing up food? Hmm. Well, anyway, it takes some effort to eat the right food. That was, that's what I was going to say. It takes effort to eat the right food. What comes natural for me is... Me being a girl from PG County, what comes natural for me and me being a girl who went to high school in Washington, D.C., what comes natural for me is a steak and cheese with smothered onions and French fries with salt, pepper, and ketchup. And if you're from PG County or if you're from Washington, D.C., you know exactly what I mean when I say French fries with salt, pepper, and ketchup. I'm not going to say it how they say it at the restaurants because I don't want to be offensive to any other ethnic group, but there's a certain way that you say, French fries with salt, pepper, and ketchup. And it's not the way that I'm saying it, but it is the absolute best way to eat French fries. But now the real me does not need a sake and cheese with smothered onions and French fries with salt, pepper, and ketchup. What I need is some good green vegetables and some nice whole wheat bread or some nice brown rice and some baked sweet potatoes, not with butter and brown sugar, but it's a nice baked sweet potatoes that's sprinkled with um, cinnamon. And so what comes natural for me is the steak and cheese and the french fries or the wings with mumbo sauce and the french fries or the pizza and the french fries. French fries come very natural for me. But what the real me needs is a balanced meal that's loaded with fruits and vegetables that has little little lean meat to, to no meat that has fresh juice and has fresh brewed tea. That's what the real me needs. And so it takes some effort and some training and some education to discipline my body and to discipline my palate and to discipline my mind and my will and my discipline to ingest with the real me needs. And again, we were talking about Jesus. He came to the earth. He knew who he was. So when we look here in Luke chapter two, verse 52, Luke two and 52, it says, and Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. What? Jesus increased in favor <laughs> and stature. How in the world did Jesus do that? Because he started going to the temple and reading the word of God. Now, you would think that Jesus is the, in the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. If Jesus is the, not if, since Jesus is the physical manifestation of the word of God, why does he need to increase in wisdom? And why does he need to increase in favor with man and with God? The reason is because he's showing us how to live that even though he was born for something Even though he had a God-given talent and he was supernaturally endowed to do this assignment, he still had to increase in wisdom. He had to increase in knowledge. He had to increase in stature so that he could be prepared for the ministry that he was doing. Now, at this time, this is right after um, his mom and dad left him for a couple days in Nazareth. And they come back and they find him in the temple. And they're like, what are you doing here? And he said to them, you know that I had to be about my father's business. Business. What is he saying? It's time for me to become what I was called here to do, and that required me to stay here and to begin studying in this temple. It required me because if you look up um, at verse uh, mm, at verse forty six, it says, "And it came to pass that after three days they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the doctors." both hearing them and asking questions. So he's put himself in an environment to get around people who could help him become what God intended him to be. He didn't just say, I was born the Messiah. I was born supernatural. Whatever I do is fine. Whatever comes naturally to me, fine. No, he put himself in a position that he can begin learning and begin talking to doctors and talking to other professionals and asking questions in the temple because he knew that it was time for him to step into the real him, for him to become who he really needs to be. And so the first note that I, and you probably been taking notes all this time, but I want you to highlight this point that becoming the real you, the first thing you have to do is commit to the effort. It's going to take effort. It's not going to be easy. You can't just pray and say, God, make me the real me. You're going to have to do some effort. Jesus allowed his parents to go travel literally from another to another city He didn't care that well. I'm not gonna say he didn't care, but it wasn't his top priority that they were upset with him. It wasn't his top priority that they were worried at the time that God was calling him to do something, he had to do what he needed to do to become the real him. So, there are some people who are gonna say, Hey, girl, go with us. We're gonna do a girls' weekend out to Vegas, we're gonna do a girls' weekend out to LA. And there's nothing wrong with Vegas, I I actually like Las Vegas, there's nothing wrong with LA. But if God is trying to make you independently wealthy, and that's the real you. This might not be the season for you to spend three grand on a girl's trip when you're trying to pay off your visa bill. So sometimes you have to step away from people who are familiar, step away from environments that are familiar so that you can be in the temple, be on a study group call, be on 6 a.m. prayer, listening to the Study Apply Thrive podcast. Listening to Pastor Russell's podcast, listening to the rebroadcast, talking to other women of faith, talking to people at your job during lunchtime about the word or about goals or about what books they're reading or about what seminars they went to and not about necessarily what happened on the latest popular show. So here he is committing to the process, committing to the effort. And the Bible says in verse 52, again, that he increased in wisdom and increased in stature and in favor with God and man. That is so profound that Jesus being the son of God increased in favor. How how do you increase in favor with God when you are God? So it's showing his humanity because he is 100% God and he was 100% man. So it's showing the humanity side of Jesus that he was able to increase in favor with God and with man simply because he was committed to the process. He was committed to the effort. And so get it out your mind that being the real you is going to be easy, that you're just going to wake up and be flawless and you're just going to wake up and while you sleep, God going to, take the taste of fried chicken out of your mouth and God's going to take french fries from your memory. No, it's not going to happen. Not like that. You're gonna have to make the effort to say, no, I'm not going in the carryout. No, I'm gonna keep driving. No, I am not going to my favorite piece of place. Yes, I will get up off this sofa and do 20 minutes of Pilates. I will put my baby in the stroller and walk around the neighborhood and just push him for 20 or 30 minutes. I will get up and drink some water. I will not have another drink of soda. I will comb my hair. I will not camouflage it with something else. I will put a comb through this hair. I will shampoo this hair. I will do some makeup. If I'm not gonna do makeup, I'm going to put some moisturizer on my skin. I'm going to exfoliate it and make it look good. I'm going to read a book that's not a Harlequin romance. I'm aging myself. I don't even think they still make Harlequin romances. And if you don't know what they are, you much younger than me. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to do some things that's going to put me in position to increase in wisdom, stature, and favor with God and with man. So that's point number one, commit to the process. Point number two is I want you to find your reflection in the word of God. Find your reflection in the word of God. And I have two scriptures for you there. Turn over to Luke chapter four and look at verse 16. And this is so good to me. This is so exciting. Finding your reflection in the word of God, because you'll listen to a motivational speaker and the motivational speaker will say, you need to own a single family home or you need to own a business or you need to be a size two, or you need to wear this kind of makeup, or you need to have your hair natural, or you need to have this. You need to be whatever God told you to be. You need to do whatever God told you to do. And those people are not being malicious when they say those things. In most cases, what they're doing is sharing their testimony and their process of how they became who God called them to be. And they're thinking they're being helpful, but we have to remember who and what our source is. You have to go to the manufacturer to understand the true intent of any product. You were created by God to be another speaking spirit, to be a reflection of him and his glory. And he. He knows exactly what he called you to do. He knows exactly how he designed you. He knows exactly what he intended your life to look like. He knows exactly. So if you want to have a clear image of what you are really designed to be and what the real you looks like, you have to go to the word of God. You just must, You you just must, you just must, you just must. And if you disagree with me on that, go back to number one that says commit to the process and commit to the effort because it's going to take some effort to find yourself in the word of God. But look at this in Luke chapter four, verse 16, not verse 16, verse 17. And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. So this is the Old Testament that he's reading in the New Testament. They didn't have the New Testament because it hadn't been written yet. So he's looking at the Old Testament, which is the Jewish Bible. And it's the only Bible that is in existence at the time. There wasn't a full two testaments yet. So he goes to the Bible and verse 18 says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to deliver, to preach deliverance to the captives, to recover, to recovering the sight of the blind, to set liberty, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And then verse 20 says, and he closed the book and gave it again to the minister and sat down. And their eyes were all fixed on him in the synagogue. Verse 21, and he began to say unto them, this day, this scripture is fulfilled in your ears. What did Jesus do? He found himself in the word. He found the reflection of who he was in the word of God and he made a bold declaration. This right here, this scripture right here in Isaiah, this verse right here in Isaiah, this is me. Today, let this scripture be fulfilled in your presence. And that's the second example that he gives us on how to discover the real us. We have to get into the word of God and allow the word of God to speak to us. All word, all of the word of God is profitable. For everyone who reads it, that's in the book of Timothy, that it's all profitable for growing, for reproof, for correction, for development. It's all profitable. But some of it speaks differently to you than it does to me. Let me give you an example of finding yourself in the word. I um I'm a teacher, I, I love to teach. I love teaching the Word of God. I specifically like teaching women, um, not just the Word of God. I love teaching women about hospitality. I love teaching women about family with marriage and parenting. Um, I I love teaching. I am a teacher. So when I read things in the Bible about teaching, it's speaking directly to me. It's a reflection of who I am. I see myself in that Word. When I see things in the Bible about hospitality, it just jumps out the page at me because I love hosting. I love cooking. For people, I love feeding people. I love having a guest suite in my house that I can welcome people into my home. I take great detail and decorating and keeping that room really uh, pretty and comfortable. When you walk into that particular room in my house, it, it looks Similar to a hotel suite, and it's just designed specifically for guests because I really love hosting. Now there are some people who don't like hosting; they don't want anybody in their house, they don't want to cook for anybody. There's nothing wrong with that because they're being the real them. So when they see scriptures in the Word about hospitality and hosting and cooking, that doesn't jump out at them. They're like, Mm-mm. "If I was the widow woman, well, not the widow woman, if I was the woman who built a chamber." Uh, when, when I read the story about the woman who built a chamber on her house for the man of God, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's me. That's me. Oh, I would so do that. I would build a whole um, guest house on my house just so that when the man of God or the woman of God comes to town, they can stay in my guest house. That is so me. There's some of you listening to this podcast thinking no way, no how. I would be so happy to write a check for them to go stay at the Marriott at the Ritz Carlton. But I do not want them in my house. And that's OK, because that's what speaks to me. Hospitality in the Word speaks to me. Teaching in the Word speaks to me. Being a mother speaks to me. Anything that has to do with etiquette speaks to me. Anything that has to do with family, being a wife, it speaks to me. But now what speaks to you? What is it that you can read in the Word and you can say this day The scripture is fulfilled in your eyes. What else can you, what says that to you? And so you have to get into the word and stay in the word until you find that. You have to know that this is what God is calling me to do. This right here, it speaks to me. This is, um opening up a business, that speaks to me. The widow woman who started the business with uh, the crews of oil that did not run, man, that might speak to you. You might be like, oh my goodness, God can give me an idea that will start with little and it will last for a year just off of this little bit. And I can sell this oil and I can repackage it. That might speak to you. Doesn't speak to me. It might speak to you. Um, Being an architect and building things, when you, when you read about how Solomon rebuilt the temple and how the queen of Sheba came and saw the temple and she was so impressed because she was also a builder of things. She was also the head of an empire. She was, it just spoke to her. That could speak to you. Oh my goodness. I want to build a house. I want to build a business. I want to build this. I want to do that. You know, when you read the scriptures about gardening, it might speak to you. Oh yeah. I want to grow herbs. I want to grow tomatoes. I want to, that might speak to you. What in the word speaks to you? Now we all know that and the word talks about praying, when it talks about giving, when it talks about repentance, that speaks to everybody. That that should prick all of our hearts. But there are certain parts of the word. Um, there there are parts on evangelism. When you read, um Acts 1 and Acts 2, when the Holy Spirit came and they became witnesses unto the uttermost parts of the earth, that might speak to you that you want to go to all parts of the earth and be an evangelist or be a mission, i um, going on missions trips and be missionaries. That might speak to you. When I see those things, I see sin check to ministry who's going to all parts of the earth. But when you see it, it might speak to you. That's what I'm called to do. When you see the fivefold ministry, you might be thinking, yes, that's what, that's me, the day let this scripture be fulfilled in your presence. When you see things about the ministry, it helps. You, oh, that's me. When you see things about the choir or about singing on the Levites, you might say, oh yeah, that's me. That's me. That speaks to me. When you read about the angelic hosts that are around the throne room of God, and they just worship him 24 hours a day, just holy, holy, holy. And all day long, night and day, they don't stop worshiping him. And you are a true worshiper. You're a praise and worship singer. You'll be like, oh yeah, that's me. That's me. What speaks to you? What in the word of God can you be like Jesus and say today? It said, this day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. What scripture does that? What scripture can you open up the book and read it and close? But closing the book is equivalent to dropping the mic. Jesus dropped the mic and was like, look, this right here, y'all don't have to worry about this anymore. I'm here. This is me. Right right here. I- I'm ready to do this right here. Because it's been my custom of going into the king, into the into the sanctuary. It's been my custom to do that. Yeah, this right here is for me. Because if you look up in verse 16, it says, And he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for it to read. So he had a custom of going to church. Did y'all hear what I said? He had a custom of going to church. He had a church family. He was planted in the church because not only did he go to church, he said it was his custom to get up and read. So he went and he served the ministry. Jesus served in ministry. This is how he became the real Kim. He had a custom of going to church. He had a custom of getting up in the synagogue and reading. And on this particular day, he read and he said, there I am. He had been doing this. It was his custom to do it. He had been doing this continuously. And then on this day, he gets to verse 18 as it wasn't verse 18 for him, but you understand what I'm saying. He gets there and he says, this is me. This is what my father sent me here to do. This, He closed the book and gave it back to the minister and sat on down. He said, my job here is done. I have found myself in the word because I had a custom of coming to church and I had a custom of serving. I want you to find yourself in the word. So number one is I want you to commit to the effort of the process. Number two, I want you to find yourself in the word. One more scripture um, on number two, then we're going to move on. Praise God. We're going to turn to James... Chapter 1. I hope this is blessing y'all. I'm excited just teaching it. Okay, verse 23. It says, for if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself and goeth away and straightway forget what manner of man he was. Now tie that to what we just read, that in Luke chapter chapter 4, Jesus located himself in the word. And he said, this day, this scripture is fulfilled in your presence. Or this day, I'm declaring that this is who I am. I have found my reflection in the word of God. So here in James, he's saying, put those things together. For if any man be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man that finds himself in a word and then straightway turns around and forgets who he is. So he's saying here in James, you have to locate yourself in the word, but you just can't be a hearer or a reader of that. You have to begin to do what you saw in the word. You have to begin to do when you find yourself in the word, you have to begin to do at the level of your current ability. None of this, well, I'm going to wait till I get more money. or I'm going to wait till I have more time. Whatever you're capable of doing right now, you have to be a doer because if not, you will walk away from the word. I identifying yourself in the word. And if you don't put some application to it right away, you'll walk away and you'll forget that you just found yourself in the word and you'll begin to act like your environment again begin to act like society. You'll begin to act like you're familiar. You'll begin to act like your, your family or you know, your, your girlfriends. You'll, be at, you'll begin to act like your experience of what you've been through. So here is saying, once you find yourself in the word, you, be, you have to put action to it right away. If you're a hostess, invite somebody over. I don't care how big your house is, how small it is. I don't care how nice your furniture is. I don't care if you put pillows on the floor and call it a picnic indoors. You need to put action to it if you're called to that. If you're called to hospitality, do it. If you're called to fivefold ministry, line up your stuffed animals and get the preaching line up yourself animals and get to teaching, line them up, prophesy, whatever it is. I don't care how big your audience is. You get the, you first, you have to increase with wisdom and favor by studying the word. Then you have to locate yourself in the word. And then with the little bit you have, you serve at the measure or at the level at which you're capable right now, because that's how you, how you stay connected with who you are. You have to be who you are. You can't think about who you are. You just can't, be a hearer about who you are you just can't get up in the morning and say a confession and think it's going to change something if you're not willing to do what you're saying you cannot just be a hearer you must be a doer because if you don't you will forget who you are you'll go to the club and forget oh you know what i'll go to club no more i forget, girl i don't eat steak and cheese no more girl i forget. you know how you forgot because you didn't replace steak and cheese with getting up going to the store buying carrots instead Mm. okay So we're going to replace buying cheesecake with buying fruit, or we're going to replace uh, doing my hair in the car while I'm driving to work with getting up an hour earlier and being the real me. I've located myself in the word where it says that a woman's hair is her glory and it should be adorned nicely, not crazily, (laughs) but nicely that, you know, it's the, that a man can have a good reputation because his wife looks good. That's in Proverbs. That's Proverbs 31. You want to be a Proverbs 31 woman? The Proverbs 31 woman, it says that she got up while it was still yet dark outside and she adorned herself in fine linen. And then she provided for her household and for her maidens, which means she has some money to have somebody come in and help her clean the house. And then she went out and bought a field because she had some money and she had some business sense about her. And then she spoke well of her children and her women, her children got up and called her blessed. This woman had it going on, but guess what? She got up early in the morning. She did not hit the snooze button. She did not roll out the bed because she realized that it would take some effort for her to be the best version of her, for her to be the real her. She had to get up early in the morning while it was still dark before the rest of her family. Praise the Lord. Okay, moving on. All right. Number three, resist the draw of your environment resist the draw or the temptation of what your environment is telling you to do. And just for time I'm just going to tell you to read Genesis chapter 3. We're not going to turn there. But read chapter um 3 of Genesis. This is the fall what we traditionally call the fall of man. This is when Adam and Eve eat from the fruit. Now, this is a, this is such a strong proof that you're not automatically um you don't automatically act like who God created you to act like because let's think about Adam and Eve. They were born in the garden. They were born adults. They were supernaturally put here, just like Jesus was supernaturally put here. Adam and Eve were supernaturally put here. Um, and so they had a supernatural anointing on their life to multiply and replenish the whole earth. God gives them a garden, tells them to take care of the garden. They fellowship with God every day. God will walk through the garden in the cool of the day. That means afternoon, afternoon. When the sun had gone down, or it means morning, before the sun got directly over, um, over the the garden, what we know is that it's not at noon time. It's either in the morning or it's afternoon after twelve p.m. Noon. Um, God would walk through the garden with them, so they were fellowshiping with God. You talking about worship? Uh, what 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 we're doing and compared to what they were doing? They were worshiping God. And so they were created to worship. They were, incre- they were created to worship. They were created to multiply. They were created to have dominion. Whatever God brought the animals to um, Adam and whatever Adam called them is what they were. God gave him the dominion to God created something, but then Adam got to label it and call it what it was. They were created fierce, dominant, anointed worshipers. And then here comes somebody in their environment who convinced them to act like what they were not if that's not proof positive for you that you're not automatically going to do what God called you to do, you have to be willing to resist your environment because there are going to be some things in your environment. And in this case with Adam and Eve, it was the serpent. But for you, it could be a talk show host. It could be a boyfriend who looks oh so fine. It could be, you know, steak and cheese and French fries. It could be, um, you know, that you don't have to take care of your body. It could be that, um, you feel like you have arrived at a certain um, level in your career and you don't have to continue to increase in wisdom knowledge. It could be a lot of things. But what I want you to be willing to do is resist those things that would try to turn you away from the reflection that you found in the word. You have to resist your environment. Imagine if Adam and Eve had resisted their environment, that if they had said to the serpent, don't talk to us, you don't even belong here. Or this minute he contradicted what God said, they stopped listening. They didn't entertain it anymore. So you don't automatically do what God created you to do. You will become subject to your environment if you don't resist it, if you don't stand up against it. So I want you to make a commitment that I'm going to resist anything that would try to turn me away from the mirror of the word because I want to be the woman who God called me to be. I want to be the real me. In 2020, I'm going to do everything that God called me to do, but it's going to start with me being the real me. So now here's the question. So I don't know what time you're listening to this, but you're going to leave this point and you have a choice to make. Are you going to get up and do whatever you normally would do? Are you going to spend some time in prayer, some time in fasting, some time in the word and ask God, God, show me exactly in the word who I am. Allow me to find the page in the word that's my mirror. You know, what what is my mirror, God? What, What is it that you have designed me to be? You know that you're designed to be another speaking spirit. We get that from Genesis 2 and 7. We know that you're called to have dominion. We get that from Genesis 1, 26 and 27. We know that God has given you dominion over the works of his hand and that even the angels say, who is man that you are mindful of them or the son of man that thou dost visit him. We know that from um, Psalms chapter eight. We know that God visits you from Psalms chapter eight. We know that there's life and death in the power of your tongue from Proverbs 18. We know that Um, from Psalms 40, that your tongue is the pen of a ready writer. We know from the gospels that Holy Spirit gives you wisdom. We know that you're endowed with power. We know that Jesus gave you gifts through the fivefold ministry. We know that from Ephesians 4, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry. We know from 1 Corinthians that you were jointly fit together in in the body so that there's a specific role that only you can fulfill in the body, that there's some things in the body that might be missing or lacking, because we're waiting on you to get in place, waiting for you to discover who you really were called to be. We know all these things about us. We know that we're the head and not the tail. We know based on Philippians 2 that we have the ability to put on the mind of Christ. We know from Romans that we're able to renew ourselves through renewing our minds. We know all of this because of the word of God and we can learn, learn more about the word of God by following the example of Jesus, by having a tradition of going to church, by having a tradition of reading the word by finding ourselves in the word, by increasing in wisdom in the area in which we're called, by doing all of these things. So this year, I want you to say to yourself every day, today, I'm going to be the real me. It's going to take some effort and it's going to take some work. But today I'm going to be the real me. Well, I love you guys. God bless you. I can't wait to hear testimonies of how you are becoming the real you. Um, If this podcast has blessed you, and I pray that it did, I want you to share it with your friends. If you're listening, I want you to subscribe. Hit that little subscribe button. That's a way that we know that people are listening and that what we're doing is reaching other people and reaching people for the uh, glory of God. If you are in the DC area, come and worship with us at Flow Church this Sunday, not next Sunday, this Sunday and next Sunday and a Sunday after that. And then you can become a member. You can go to our website at www.flow-church.org get all the information. We're there. You can follow us on social media. We are on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We have 6 a.m. morning prayer every single day, Monday through Friday. We have study groups all throughout the week that are Bible studies that you can study the word with a small group of people and also build community with people that you can do life with, people of like precious faith. Um, we have this podcast. Pastor Russell starting a new podcast. Y'all don't tell him I told y'all I'm whispering. Can y'all tell him I'm whispering? <laughs> I'm silly. Um, we have our online service. We have an online platform um every Sunday at 10 a.m. And then we have a rebroadcast at 6:30 p.m. We have so many ways for you to connect with the word of God, but we want to challenge you to be the best you to be the real you this year. And then come and hear what Pastor Russell is ministering on the words of life. He's been giving us dynamic words of life that are literally changing our lives. So there are so many opportunities for you to be blessed by the word of God. Have a wonderful week. I will see you. Well, I won't see you, but I will hear you next week. I love you guys. I'm praying for you. Be blessed.